Good evening, my brothers and sisters, my friends. This is Fred Carvalho, Christian Podcast. Thanks for listening in. I was going to go live, but for some reason I can never get enough, how do you say, people on there to to warrant it. So anyway, tonight <clears throat> I'm going to... I'm going to preach about something that is very, very concerning to me and has been for a long time. And that is, we as Christians, some of us, you know, we think that we're so righteous that we land up having a critical spirit, number one, okay? But besides having a critical spirit, we we tend to turn that critical spiritualism into judging others. You know, even in their own church. And this is a major problem in a lot of churches, is that you have some people that will actually think that, you know, they're a better Christian than somebody else. And that is nowhere near the truth what the Bible talks about. And uh, as an evangelist, you know, I do a lot of homework, and I'm doing a course right now on Christianity and our actions. And that course is actually is called Emotional Discipleship. And it's really good because it talks about things that we do as Christians that we shouldn't do. Okay? That we should not do. And we act like we should not be acting. Okay? Matter of fact... You know, there are different spirits, and Christians sometimes, they fall into the wrong kind of spiritualism, and they sort of turn and start judging other people. And that's what I'm going to preach about, judging others and a critical spirit. You know... A critical spirit is often self-appointed. It comes from us, not from God. And we have to remember that, okay? And that's in Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 through 12. A critical spirit frequently asks out, I mean, I'm sorry, frequently speaks out of a limited personal experience in the matters on which he makes pronouncements. And that's Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. A critical spirit is often an expert in tearing down, but a novice in building up. That's from Matthew chapter 23, verse 4, and Corinthians chapter 13, verse 10. A critical spirit is a hair splitter, a nitpicker, straining out a great, I'm sorry, straining out a gnat, but swallowing a camel. That's in Matthew 23, verses 23 and 24. A critical spirit feeds on negativity and fosters and fosters unbelief, suspicion, and fear. And this happens a lot in churches and in Christians. It's just, you know, I'm, I've only been a born Christian two years, but I've been evangelizing now for about three, four months. And I can tell you that sometimes I see certain people act in certain ways that to me, they're not operating under the Spirit of God. They think they are, but they're not. 
They're acting completely different than the Spirit of God tells us to do. You know, there are people that, you know, they say to the Christian, they know they, they speak in tongues and all this. Doesn't mean that they don't have faults. Doesn't mean that they are perfect. Doesn't mean that they won't fall because they will. When we operate in a critical spirit, you can very well have the right information, say the right thing, but at the while does not possess the right heart attitude. You see what I mean? They know the words, but they don't know what they're supposed to, how they're supposed to use them. Therefore, it can be difficult to identify when someone is operating in a judgmental and critical spirit because it's a matter of the heart just as much as it's a matter of their words and their actions. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. That's in Revelations chapter 12, verse 10. And he accuses with precision, planning, and purpose. Yet, no matter how right he may be in accusing you, the one thing he cannot do is operate in the fruit of the spirit of the essence of love. Therefore, you are operating in a critical spirit when your judgments are void of partnering with the spirit of Christ or the spirit of the devil. The critical spirit can be very familiar with the words of God, but it's typically immature in the ways of God. That comes from Matthew chapter 23, verses 3 through 2. And Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. The Holy Spirit will help you to judge by the word of God and at the same time abide in the fruit of the Spirit and the essence of love. This is more than just speaking God's word. It's demonstrating His ways. And that's in John chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. My friends, this is a very important time. We as Christians, we can't judge people by what we think. Not what God thinks, but what we think is right. We may know the word scripture talks about. We may know all these things, but we don't know how to apply. Okay, We don't know how to apply God's word. And sometimes it really just drives me crazy that we that this happens, you know? The four types of critical spirits. Gossiper. A gossiper is one who reveals secrets. Secrets going on about as a talebearer or scandalmonger. They have privileged information about people and proceed to reveal that information to others with sinful motives. Without their knowledge of approval. And that's in 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 13. And Proverbs chapter 11 verses 13, 20 and 19. Then of course there's a slanderer. A slanderer is a person who makes false statements. In order to damage a person's reputation. They do not care about the truth of correcting an error. A slanderer will even create errors, okay, 
in order to inflict harm. That's from Proverbs chapter 10, verses 18, and chapter 16, verses 28, and 1 Peter, verses 2 through 1. Judgmentalism. A slant, I'm sorry. A judgmental person has an excessively critical point of view, characterized by a tendency to judge harshly. They lack empathy for others, viewpoints, for those viewpoints because they believe their point of view is the right one. They even believe they can know others' motives. They have the amazing skill to point out others' mistakes while minimizing their own. And that's in Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 2 and James chapter 2 verse 13. Complainer. A complainer is a person who is habitually negative about others and circumstances of life. They are characterized by discontentment and ingratitude. That's in Philippians chapter 2 verse 14 and in James chapter 5 verse 9. Let me tell you. The problem with the world is that we don't see that what's in the heart of a judgmental and critical person is envy and jealousy. The judgmental and critical spirit is so rooted in envy and jealousy, if you get upset, become angry, and are unable to rejoice with those around you, seem to be growing, getting attention, and prospering in life. That is because envy and jealousy have caused you to be judgmental and critical. These feelings are produced when you are witnessing and hearing of the advantages of the advantage of and prosperity of others. This leads to a desire to steal and take away the possession or position of another person so that you may have it for yourself. Remember, love does not envy. Self-seeking. The judgmental and critical heart is rooted in selfishness. The person with a critical spirit is typically seeking to make, to make things about themselves. It's about their position, their knowledge, their maturity. Their words carry the, I'm sorry, the aroma of pride and they lack self-control. They find it easy to judge and criticize anything good in which they are not a part of. If it did not originate with them or is not centered around them, they will quickly seek to tear down with their words to make themselves look good and appear to be on top. Remember, love does not seek its own. Evil thoughts. The judgmental and critical spirit is rooted in evil thoughts. The longer they remain envious and jealous and the longer they operate in pride, the more demonic their thoughts become. These thoughts lead lead them into greater confusion and deception about the person or situation. At this point, they believe their their thoughts are from God, but really their thoughts are from demons. Remember, love thinks no evil.
I wasn't going to preach on this tonight, but I was just talking to someone on the phone, a Christian, and him and I were going back and forth talking, talking about some things, and I realized that, you know what? This is what's wrong with most of us Christians. We think that we're better than everybody some of the times because we're Christians. And in truthfulness, we are not acting like real Christians. We are not behaving like real Christians. We are not talking like real, real Christians. Overcoming a judgmental and critical spirit. Repent and ask God to purify your heart. Matthew chapter 3 verse 26. Learn mercy. Luke chapter 6 verses 27 through 36. Renew your mind. Philippians chapter 4 verses 8 through 9. Ask the Holy Spirit to control your tongue. And that's James chapter 3 verses 2 through, I'm sorry, verses 2 through 12 and 17. Learn how to rightly bring correction to people. You have permission to judge when you have taken the log of hypocrisy out of your own eye in order to see right, rightly, I'm sorry. And that comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. You have allowed the Lord to weigh the motives of your heart. That comes from Romans chapter 14 verse 10. James chapter 2 verse 13. You have heard the whole matter of the story. Again, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 13. You sincerely desire to see them restored back to God. More than anything else. Galatians chapter 6 verse 12. You are judging according to the word of God. And not according to your personal opinion and conviction. That's John chapter 7 verse 24. Chapter 8 verse 15 and 16. You have felt the weight of standing before the judgment seat of Christ in order to be judged for your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 through 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. I get really upset sometimes because I see things. How to judge and rebuke constructively constructively here we go by covering everything in prayer all criticism and rebuke needs to be bathed in prayer be assured that god is quite willing to help you know how to speak and act in difficult situations when you look to him that comes from james chapter 1 verse 5 by speaking to them privately first, the scripture says, Love covers a multitude of sins. That's from 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8. In other words, love does not seek to expose and embarrass others. Follow what Jesus says and go to your brother privately before involving others. 
Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. By speaking gently, people do not respond well to harsh, arrogant critics, but gentle correction makes a person more receptive to consider a change of mind and heart. That's from Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. God's been pulling on my heartstrings, on my heartstrings lately. He really has. And every time I'm thinking about what I'm going to preach about or what I'm going to talk about on my podcast, all of a sudden I get influenced by the Spirit. I start talking to someone about things and all of a sudden God tells me, that's what I want you to talk about. By balancing criticism and with words of encouragement, as Charles Spurgeon has observed, blame comes best on the back of praise. In keeping with this pride of this principle, Jesus gives a commendation before a rebuke in his letters to the churches of Revelation. By scripture, with the intent to instruct, it is best when words, I'm sorry, it is best when the word does the cutting and instructing, not your opinions. As we grow in our knowledge of Scripture, we are better able to rebuke and exhort, so, yes, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Second Timothy verses 4 through 2. Welcome criticism. Wise people recognize that they may be misguided or in error. So they welcome constructive criticism and correction. And that's in Proverbs verses 9. I'm sorry, chapter 9, verse 8. And in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 8, it says, Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Psalms chapter 14, verses 1 through 5 says, Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil on my head. My head will not refuse it. Brothers, what I'm saying here is that we need to be more careful of the way we talk to one another as Christians. Forget about the unbelievers. I'm talking about the believers, the ones who say they believe, the ones who say they know God, the ones who say that they are Christ-like, the ones who say they are disciples of God, and they are not. Jesus chose mercy, patience, and love even while he knew what was in the heart of man. And that's in John verses, uh, chapter 2 verses, and verse 24. He knew the wicked and the evil intents of man. He saw the pride, jealousy, and envy of the disciples. He sees your thoughts that are not pleasing to him. And all the while, he refuses to operate in a critical fault-finding spirit towards you. He is asking you to do the same. He is not asking you to turn a blind eye to reality, but he very well could be calling you to focus on building up your brother and sister before you seek to tear them down. Jesus saw the immaturity of the disciples and saw it as an opportunity to teach and matured them. It doesn't take spiritual maturity to see the negative things in people's lives, but it does take maturity to pray for and prophecy 
the good treasure you see within someone until they come forth. As one man said, any donkey can kick a barn down, but it takes a good carpenter to build one. So my brothers, I was going to go on and on and on, but you know, I've just been completely overwhelmed with these feelings of, I call it emotional stress and spiritual stress because I see some people act like this. And it's totally wrong. That is, this is not in God's spirit. If a brother doesn't see something our way, you automatically cut him out. Or we criticize him. With our beliefs, not with God's beliefs. Through our ways, not God's ways. We need, if we are going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to walk in His laws. We need to walk in His steps. We need to walk in His words. We need to practice His words. And not act like we are better than our brother Christian. That we are this, that we are that. Giving orders to our brother, to our Christian brothers and sisters. Marching orders. Excuse me. That is not God. That is not the spirit of Jesus Christ. If you hear me banging, it's because my frustration is really high right now today. Okay? I've been through a lot of my life. But the one thing I will never do is condemn a brother for criticizing me when I know I was wrong. But he better be doing it through the words of Christ, not through his own opinions or thoughts. That's how I look at this. Not through his opinions or thoughts. It better be through what the word of God preaches, and it better be through the spirit of God. Because I will be able to tell. I will know in my spirit, in my heart, and why. Because Christ will place it in me. So my brothers and sisters, forgive me for the pounding. But this is sometimes when you're an evangelist and a preacher, you just, you get outraged. You get outraged by some of the things you see Christians do. And it tears me up inside. Because that's, that's demons trying to twist everything around. That's demonic. That's just the devil trying to twist the spirit of God into another spirit. So brothers and sisters, I am pleading with you. Before you say something to a brother Christian. Or a sister Christian. Think about what scripture says before you're so ready to judge and condemn. The only person that has the right to judge and condemn is Jesus Christ himself. No one else. Brothers, on that note, I'm going to end. May God bless you all this weekend. May God direct you and lead you. May God, may God give you His Spirit so that you will know how to be more Christ-like and be a true disciple of God. Amen.